That's like disappointing. Okay, there we go. We'll have sound now. Let's see, hopefully. He turned it off. I can't tell anymore. Yeah. That's like well. disappointing. Okay, there we go. We'll have there sound we go. now. The sound just kicked oh, in on, on my playback. So yeah, we, and I we, heard we, him from the other room go, yay! So all you five people who are currently watching, I can't believe you've been sitting there for 37 minutes in silence watching, <laughs> watching a silent movie, basically. Right? <laughs> it's like <laughs> there is a comment section. You type it in and say, hey, what the fuck? No sound. Hey, what the fuck? No sound. Hey, what the fuck? No sound. You know, we do look at the comments. Yeah, I'm even writing stuff myself, but of course I'm writing things thinking, oh, maybe people will find this interesting, but yeah. no, no, nobody said a thing. Yes, so that's the whole thing, whole problem. Yeah, bloody, bloody Yeesh. people. All right, Please well. Please don't die, our listeners. Well, the people who get the podcast will get it. No, they won't get, they won't get that first half of an hour. Yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to trim that. I'm going to have to trim that off when I send it out as a podcast at about 37 <laughs> minutes in. All right. Well, My so big. Bloody Microsoft, man. Don't do every time I do updates, it decides all the sound settings I've set perfectly. It says, "No, you don't want those. We got a better set for you." It works you have much. No need for what you set up. We, we know better for you. We we know way better. That's why I try. That's why I put off, put it off the updates. But they only let me put the updates off for like two months. Yeah. I just deal with the updates when they come out now. Like, I'll, I'll wait, like, a month, and then I'll just deal with it. It's like ripping a Band-Aid off. You wait a month, and you just rip that Band-Aid off. Even if, I, even if I do it early, it still goes in and wants to change my sound settings every time. Yeah, well, it especially mm. loves you. Yeah. All right, so we just had a really good discussion about potatoes, and nobody heard a thing about it. So hopefully you understand nope. that the potato plant tells you when to harvest your potatoes. So let's move Look along. For the flowers. I've got a couple more articles in here on how to avoid growing funny shaped potatoes. And part of that problem there is making sure you water them correctly. That's the biggest reason really? why. Yeah, that's the biggest reason why potatoes grow odd is, is incorrect hmm. watering. Uh, uh, drought and drought and then too much water and then drought and too much water causes the funny shaped potatoes to grow. Okay. And then cutting. So cut, if you want funny shaped potatoes. Yeah, that's what imitate you do. the drought and water. Yep. And then cut and then to cut or not cut your seed potatoes. You know, there's there's good reasons to do it. There's good reasons to not do it. So the biggest reasons not do it is you could introduce um you could introduce disease into the plant by having it cut oh, because okay. cut, cutting a potato is like cutting your own skin. You know, it, it opens it opens up the barrier. Makes All right. sense. All right. You brought some here about planting, growing and harvesting sweet corn. I'm going to try again this year to grow corn. <laughs> last year, well, I was a miserable failure. The year before, I did fantastic. <laughs> but last year, it was a miserable failure. I planted my corn four times before I gave up. <laughs> well, this one will walk you through it. And it suggests that you uh, do the three sisters planting with it rather mm. than just the corn. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you try the three sisters, uh, three sisters idea, that will help. Yep. Can't remember what they all are, but this will walk you through when to plant it, the different kinds of sweet corn there are, um, how to plant them, how to keep them healthy, depending on what kind you're planting, and how to harvest them without yeah. destroying them. I guess. Yeah, the biggest the biggest key I had here is um, 
you got well harvesting without destroying is not funny. You know, it was the first year it was funny. The first year I had a crop circle in my little corn patch. <laughs> I seriously, I got pictures of it somewhere. Nice. Because I look, I came back to the garden one day and it's like I'm looking at my corn. It's like, what the hell? I've got a crop circle. So let's see if I can find that picture. Let's see. I, I've got that picture here. That picture should be in this mess of pictures I've got. Maybe the spirits of the Aztecs cursed you for growing the corn. No, maybe. But, yeah, well, they would have cursed me for the next season. Yeah, it was the it was most of the last year, so you should be good this year. Yeah, well, I should be good this year. No, Although, hopefully, you'll be able to because we're going to have a pretty wet summer this year, I think. Yeah, well, it's the biggest problem with growing corn is the soil temperature needs to get up to about uh, 60 degrees or 16 degrees Celsius. I haven't measured mm. my soil temperatures yet, but I'm pretty sure they haven't reached 16 degrees. Not yet. Otherwise, it just, um, let's see if we got, is this the crop circle one? Nope, that's the corn, that's the corn from the first year. Uh, there, well, there it is. You can sort of see it. I didn't get a very big picture of it. You can see all the ones there. It's right there in the center. They're all spun out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I obviously, I thought I got a better picture of it. We didn't have the deck then, so I couldn't get up above it to take a good picture. Ah. Uh, if it happens to me again, I'll get up on top of the deck and take good pictures of it. That'll be awesome. Yeah. We'll see if I get crop circles again. But yeah, growing corn is, it's really not that hard. The biggest problem is is getting it planted at the right time. If you plant it too early, the core, the seed will rot before it germinates. If you plant it too late, it, the seed won't germinate because it's too hot. You can't, you could try starting it in a greenhouse or something indoors, but corn plants do not like to be transplanted. They don't, mm. they don't do well in transplanting. I mean, I even tried that last year, and I couldn't even get my corn to grow in the greenhouse. It just wouldn't grow for me. It just couldn't do it for some reason. But I'm going to grow it again this year. I've, I've got a bed specifically set aside for corn and beans and a few other things in there. I wish you all the luck. Yeah, well, I like fresh corn. That was the best corn I had. I, the best corn I had was fresh from the garden. I've been mo mostly successful with it over the years. So, I'm such a city girl. I've never had any really fresh veggie except the little ones that everybody tends to grow. But mm. I've, until this last year, I've never had fresh garlic or fresh beans or anything. Growing dill. Yeah. yeah. Another plant that I seem to have problem growing. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I, I plant them. The seeds come up. They're doing really well. And then something comes along and destroys them. Mm. I don't know why. They just suddenly yeah. all die. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. I, I don't know what the hell happened to your plant why did you suddenly die you know my buddy gave me a little baby basil and it died horribly basil I is notoriously it... hard to grow i i have yet to be truly successful <laughs> growing basil i even buy the plants that are doing well and i treat them really well and for some reason they just die it's like I had no problem growing basil in my last place, but we had that balcony that had sun all day long. Well, I, mine are in my greenhouse or outdoors, and they still die on me. It's like I, I give up. I, I don't know. Some plants I, I can like grow I really well. I feel like I should have a burial for the basil that my buddy gave me. Yeah, we <laughs> do. So sadly. You know, if it's still edible, crumble it up and bury it in your uh, in your pasta sauce. I'm not sure it's edible. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> it did the, the wilting, going brown thing. Honestly, I think it just didn't get enough sun. We're All north right. facing here. I don't think it got let, nearly enough sun. Let, let's skip the dandelions. We've talked way too much about dandelions already this year. Oh, yeah, but I just wanted to bring this for the dandelions forth to everyone, bring it to their attention, because this one doesn't just tell you about which ones are edible. It also teaches you how to harvest, how to clean them, and how to cook them so they taste yeah. good. Okay. So it's, we've talked a lot about dandelions, yeah, but we haven't really talked about how to harvest them, which parts mm. are edible, and mm. okay. good recipes for them. All right, well, Zucchini. check that out. Zucchini is something I've never been able to grow. I've had gardens where I where it was able to grow my herbs and other things. I've had fresh for a good portion of my life, but well, I've never been able to get zucchini to grow. I can tell I you a thing, thing about zucchini is when you get it growing, you will have so much zucchini, you, you can't give it away because everyone else is growing at the same time. <laughs> and, uh, oh, it's a good thing to have. When it fails, it fails spectacularly. My zucchini last year... Didn't fail spectacularly, but it did fail a bit, and uh, I, I haven't gotten zucchini into the ground ground yet this year. Zucchini's coming. I'll be getting that in the ground soon, and so hopefully I'll get zucchini. But I have figured out what to do with all the zucchini if I get a bumper crop of it this year. I won't be giving it away. I'll be freeze drying it, and uh, and dehydrating it, and all kinds of other things to do with zucchini to preserve it for the winter. Oh, so I won't be getting a zucchini this year. Oh, you'll get some. You'll Yay. get some zucchinis, but yeah, it's like I'm, I'm just gonna keep. I'll, I'll just keep uh, harvesting it and growing it, Perfect. And, uh, and processing it. Yeah, zucchini is a good veggie, and it grows once it starts producing. It'll produce all summer long for you. Biggest problem you got to face with zucchini, in fact, all squash plants, is the uh, powder, 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 the powder Powdery mildew. Powdery mildew, thank you. Powdery, powdery leaf mildew. <laughs> Actually, it, was, it was the I leaf that was tricking about my tongue. How to prevent and control it? Uh, milk. That's one of the things that they talk about, but there's a few other ones too. Yeah. Well, you want um, to try and go as natural as possible, but milk, milk and water. Yeah. A milk and water mixture. I think it's milk That's and water. Cool. I've got it written down in one of my journals somewhere. I learned about oh. it so that I could make sure that when it happens to me, I could bring it under control. Because they, yeah, they need those big leaves to produce lots of zucchinis. Well, that, that's the last article I have in this list here. Planting, growing, and harvesting sweet potatoes. Yes. I have been trying to, to do sweet potatoes, and there's a trick to doing sweet potatoes that I haven't perfected yet. They're not like regular potatoes. You don't just no, stuff them not. in the You can't just stuff them in the ground and they grow. It doesn't work that way. No. You got to create slips, and I haven't been successful with creating slips yet to grow them. Now the other problem we've got is where we live, we don't we we barely have the growing season to do sweet potatoes here. The other thing too is it needs sandier yeah. uh, soil, mm -hmm. which is not something we have in our clay-based soil here on the island. <coughs> no, but actually, kind of. Make you, sandier soil. You, you, for you them. might have to create a special bin just for them. Yeah. And like you mentioned, you need warmer temperatures. They need they need a warmer temperature. Now you yeah. can trick them by starting them in a greenhouse, and then getting them outside. There's lots of things to do. I'll keep trying. Eventually, I'll figure it out because I like sweet potatoes. They're really tasty. Yeah. They really are, and like one goes a long way. Oh, my goodness, sweet potato fries are the best. Yep. 
Here you go. Here's your and article on powdery mildew. That stuff is so evil. It makes me so itchy. Yeah. yeah it is. Yeah, it's um, it it seems to affect a lot of plants, and it's just a fungus. But mm -hmm. that might be the that, that might be the fun, that, that might be the fungus that I'm allergic to. Because if it gets on the peas, it, it is. Might, it, it might have been on my peas. It might have been the one that it it causes it causes like chemical burns on my arms. Yeah. This is the powdery mildew that uh, makes you break out as well as me. Yeah. Because I, I didn't even realize oh. that when I had to clean my peas out one year, and I cleaned them all out, and I wasn't paying attention. And, and uh, about 15 minutes after I was done, I had all these massive welts on my forearms. It was just horrendous. Yeah. And it itched like hell. Yeah, you can, um, you can get rid of this stuff. As you said, milk with water. Mm. But they have a few other ones, too, in this list. Yeah, let's see. Well, fungicides. Baking soda. Baking soda? Uh, yeah. If you scroll back up. No, baking soda. Baking soda with a quart of water mm -hmm. and milk spray. Those mm. are the two uh, most recommended ones. Yep. And cool. you can use them prior to infection <coughs> to keep it away. Mm -hmm. All right. Next Which one. A we... lot of people don't think about using stuff like that until it's already there. Yeah, well, that's true. Next one we've got for you here is marigolds versus calendunia. Calendulas. Calendulas. <laughs> and there is a difference. The marigolds are not actually edible, but a calendula is. So you need the marigold calendula is the ones that are edible. And loading, loading, loading. Get your doggies loading. Rawhide. Kick them up. Kick them up. Come up. Come up. Need somebody out there with some recording skills to record that as a jingle for us so I can play it while we're waiting for a web page to load. That would be awesome. All right. Marigold versus Calendula. One of them is medicinal. The other one isn't. Calendula is, is medicinal. Sorry, Calendula. 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 It might be Calendula. I always say Calendula, but I mean... I say a lot of things wrong, so. Mm, well, yeah, like cinnamon. Yeah. They have different scent, shape, size of seeds. You know, the calendulas are not toxic. They're used in food prep. Marigolds are mostly inedible and toxic to pets. Yeah. So you got to be careful with them if you, if you use them. But the calendula is a completely different plant. And the one on the left... In this picture is the marigold. That's the frilly one. The one on the right that looks more like a daisy is the calendula. You know, if you ever want to know what which wildflowers are okay to eat, just watch horses and cows in a field. Because mm -hmm. they automatically ignore all the ones that don't smell right to them. Yeah. So just mark down the, the flowers and the plants that the horses and the cows avoid, and you'll know which ones are no good for any pet. Oh, well, I guess a lot of people don't really have access to farms, do they? Yeah, I don't have access to a horse or a cow right now, and I, I really can't—I oh. really can't fit a horse or a cow at the oasis. Though I would really love to. <laughs> well, if no, I, you don't have to have access to them specifically. You just need to walk out to a farm. But I just realized a lot of people don't really have that kind of oh, no, nearness no. to farms these no, days. All the people in the cities—they have it. They don't. All right, yeah. you've got ten tips for planting a drought-tolerant garden. Yeah. Um, I went through this, and the, the first things that it says are things like, you know, 
plant drought uh, stuff, plant drought tolerant flowers improve the soil, but they also have things like uh, after harvesting your tomatoes, strip off some of the leaves as you harvest because that will help to reduce the <coughs> amount of evaporation. <coughs> yep. So I, that's something I've never actually thought of or yep. uh, choosing to um, choosing to plant uh, companion mm-hmm. plants rather than separate plants because mm-hmm. if you plant companion plants, they actually help each other. Yep. That's another thing, too, that I didn't really think about. I never thought about companion plants being helpful in reducing evaporation and water issue. Oh, yeah. There's lots of ways to do it. it makes sense. This is a pretty nice article, so something to check out, folks. Mm-hmm. you got vine plants. Yeah, I love vine plants. And I mm-hmm. thought this article was really helpful because what it does is it goes through uh, the various vine plants where the best places for climbing vine plants are to grow, why you don't want to grow them on some things, and it's okay to grow them on other things, and which vine plants are best for certain things. Yes, well, don't, so. plant, don't plant ivy anywhere. It's horrible stuff. Um, it's fine on chain link fences. Don't plant morning glories. You'll never get rid of the motherfucking things. <laughs> once they're, once they're, once they're, it's like I'm still ripping up morning glories. From but some, black from eyed some, Susans are actually pretty good. Yeah, some of these, some of these vine plants are good. Some of them not so good. You got to be careful about letting them grow against uh, buildings, because they will destroy the building. Uh, that one though, for a sweet summer love, is what that one is called, and it mm. doesn't actually destroy the building. It it grows a plant. I actually looked it up. It grows its own like uh, branch almost, and it mm. holds onto the branch, and the branch leans against the building. Mm. It doesn't actually dig its claws in but, like ivy. But leaning against the building can cause rot. Ah, I didn't think about that. It, That's a good point. Because anything leaning against your building, you know, even if that plant there is not latched onto the building just leaning that close to it causes way too much moisture up against the building and think about moisture and those wooden shingles you know i did not consider that that's a good point you know and during during the summer those all the shingles underneath that will never dry in the winter depends on dry properly they'll never dry properly and that that will cause rot that'll cause that'll shorten the lifespan of your building so you have to be careful what you plant in vining crops, you know, and where make you plant sure whatever them. You, make sure whatever you do plant for vines that it is easily trainable. Yes. Now, a good vine to have is grapevines. They're useful. Yep. They provide and something curly. back. Yes. And jasmine. I like jasmine. Jasmine's really kind of cool. I tried growing jasmine. It didn't grow for me. Jasmine <clears throat> is such a useful plant. There are so many medicinal uses mm. for it. Yep. Yeah, I tried growing it because I just wanted to have the smell of jasmine in the garden. All right. And you've got small space gardening, five tips for growing more. Boxes, yeah, boxes, pretty... boxes, and boxes, and more boxes. They're, and they're pretty common. Making, but, your, um... making your paths more narrow, barely big enough to fit the wheelbarrow through anymore. <laughs> that, so, that's what you do. <laughs> that's what's happening at the but, Oasis. I keep. I, I built the paths big enough for uh, wheelbarrows, and there's a few places where the wheelbarrow doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, this goes through like interplanting or intercropping, mm-hmm. uh, which is companion planting, yeah. and talking about using pods growing up rather than mm-hmm. sideways. Yeah. Like in the oasis, you're kind of 
growing sideways at this point. You need no. to start growing up. No, I'm growing up. I've got lots of things You're growing You're growing up. sideways in the sense that you keep adding more pots to every single uh, raised bed you have. Just more pots all along the outside or more things all along the outside. you got to start going up rather than out. Well, there's only <laughs> so much up you can do when you've got, bed, when you've got raised beds. Build something. I don't know. Uh-huh. Yes, I, I do all kinds of things. You'll see. You haven't been up there in a while to see what it looks like. No, I haven't. It's you been see. at least a month. Two months. It's been a couple of months. It's changed a lot in two months. As You're like does, a squirrel. Yes, <laughs> I am. There's a bloody black squirrel coming in to steal the uh, bird seed, too. Of course all, there is. The black I, ones are evil. I almost. I, I was trying to hunt down my pellet gun to take him out. Then he disappeared on me. Yeah, well, he probably sensed it. He's like, oh, crap, human. Human yes. with a pellet gun. I'm out. H human with a pellet gun, man. If, if I get an opportunity, <laughs> I'm going to take that bloody squirrel out, and I guess I'm going to have to figure out what how squirrel tastes. Apparently, it tastes really good. Yeah, well, I can make a make a small, you know, I wouldn't make a scoop, but if I if I cure the tail right, I could attach it to my hat. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I could have a squirrel. I could have a squirrel tail hat uh, hanging off my hat. <laughs> I also started setting out the rat traps the other day. I managed to catch a, a mouse and a big... I couldn't believe how big this fucking rat was I caught. It's like, how the fuck did you get this big in the winter, dude? Where the hell, what the hell were you eating out here? I had nothing out there for you to eat. Compost, man. They love compost. Yeah, well, something, something, man. But I couldn't believe how big this sucker was. He was a big ass. He made <laughs> one of the rats that you kept as a kid. He made those look small. Well, yeah. Tame rats tend to be very small. The mm. the wild ones, it's what everyone refers to as New York rats, but they're that big everywhere. Yeah, well, this one was big. I couldn't believe it. So, yeah, I, I realized... About the size uh, of a kitten, right? Yeah, about the size of a kitten, Yeah, give or take. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a big rat. So I've got the big rat traps out. Big enough to do lots well, of harm to your uh, chickens. No, that's it. That's the whole thing. I And my chicken coop is well sealed to keep the rats out, but... Uh, but I just, As we I, know from the experience with Houdini, rats find a way. So you got to yeah. be careful about that. Yeah. Well, just for all of our listeners, be very aware of mm -hmm. rats. They find ways. That's that's my biggest predator I have for for the chicken coop is the rats in the area because mm -hmm. there are there are rats and I, I decimated their population last last fall. It's where I set their traps out and the traps would sit there for two weeks and nothing came and I didn't catch anything. So that tell, told me I decimated the population. <clears throat> You need some good mousers. Yeah, I could do with a good mouser cat. But, I think Grandma uh, would appreciate having cats around again. But uh, I think there's a couple of mousers in the neighborhood because we still have cats coming into the oasis on a regular basis, and I haven't been able to get, I haven't been able to fetch my trail cams from the top of the mountain yet. So, but once I do, I'll set the trail cams up. I'll set the trail cams up again to watch the oasis to see if to see what cats are showing up. Like last year, I had I had six different cats showing up in the neighborhood <laughs> into the oasis. You know. Well, you you probably should have a couple mouses of your own though. Yeah, well, that would be useful. Farm cats, cats mm -hmm. that are that are born on the farm, tend to be the best mousers. Yeah. Well, or you just you get you get a kitten and you don't you you keep them indoors just long enough to where they can head out on their own. Let Pardon? them be out. Let them be outdoor cats. Ah, uh, yeah. All right. Now I do have another one here. Um, actually, let's go with this cooking and canning recipe. This one here just sounds good. I might try this with new potatoes, cream peas, and potatoes. 
Very simple recipe of new potatoes. That's one reason to harvest new potatoes. And then harvest peas, because about the time your new potatoes are ready, you will be harvesting peas if you plant them correctly. I will be harvesting peas by the time my new potatoes are ready. And then all you need, and of course, I won't follow this dude's recipe because I hate fucking uh, milk or almond milk. I will replace. I love almond milk. I will replace the recipe with cream or or milk, but it's basically milk, flour, water, salt, pepper, potatoes, and peas. Sounds good. And it just makes a really nice creamy dish that's really quite tasty. So you know you can get the same effect uh, in soups like that if you have a little less water and add butter rather than any kind of milk product. Yeah, well, that'll work, too. You know what's interesting? Um, something new that's going to be coming from the Oasis is I figured out how to make potato starch and freeze-dry cool. it. Cool. I freeze-dried nice. potato starch because I had a bunch of potatoes that I had to process uh, last week, and I processed them into shredded potatoes and then dehydrated them because I found out that freeze-drying shredded potatoes, they don't reconstitute as well as dehydrated shredded potatoes. They just, they just don't, they don't do as well. Um, but anyway, as I was blanching the potatoes, the water I was blanching in got really super thick with potato starch. And it's yeah. like, I don't want to waste it. It's like, I pour it down the drain. I had nothing to use it in. I know it's good in gravies, but it's like, oh, let's not waste it. And I thought, well, I've got a batch getting ready to go into the freeze dryer. Let's freeze dry it and see how it comes out. It came out beautifully powdered. I haven't reconstituted any, but now I have powdered potato starch, which can be substituted for flour in your in breads. It can be substituted for corn starch and flour in your gravies. It's That's bloody brilliant. It's a it's a brilliant use of potato starch, and for anyone who suffers from uh, gluten intolerance or celiac. It's mm-hmm. a good option for those who suffer from that, that want something. And in this, act, in this thing here, for like this recipe, you could substitute out the, uh, the uh, flour for potato starch, you know, and make it something that is, more, that is, uh, that is uh, celiac-friendly. Uh, so starch too. Yeah, well, cornstarch too, but cornstarch is making cornstarch is not as easy as making potato starch. No, you know? it's not. But and, I was just, it was just a and, thought you could and like, as you as, as we follow this recipe with cornstarch. Yeah, well, I know, but as we have as we have more short, and you wouldn't use a quarter, a half a cup of cornstarch. You no. would use less than a quarter cup of cornstarch, and the, probably the same problem with potato starch. But as we have more and more of these food shortages that we're going to be talking about next. There's going to be less and less. Like I was in the warehouse store a couple of days ago to buy some things, and I was astounded at how much more of their shelves are empty now. Yeah, and the price of wheat of of wheat now, like and flour is. I didn't even I, look at I the price of flour. I saw flour at the price of fourteen dollars for a ten pound bag. Hmm. Good thing I have a whole bunch stored. Good thing I have a whole bunch stored up when it was nine bucks a bag. And plus, I bought. I the tw- stored up a whole bunch when it was as low as four dollars a bag, and yeah. like uh, the most I've paid is like eight bucks a bag. Because mm-hmm. I've yeah. stocked up so much, I have no more room for flour right now. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that's my problem. I, I I've got so much right now. I can't. If I bought it, it would just it would sit even longer, and I just don't. I'd rather spend the money on other things to keep my stocks up. But yeah, there's exactly. just a lot going on. But thinking of our shortage in food supplies, our Canadian government is shutting down food supplies. Yeah, because they're smart. SMRT. SMRT. Here you go. Okay, this is a this is a post that some lady put out that the Canadian government she's ha she's has to shut down her egg sales, her hatching eggs and basically everything to go broke on her chickens because of the so-called fake made up avian flu bullshit. It, so to cut costs basically I'd have to cut my my cut call or cut in half, kill half their healthy flock for no reason because I can't sell them, can't sell their eggs and now they're just costing money. It's like, why couldn't they say, you, it's like, what would be wrong with the eggs? Oh, the eggs might have the flu virus. Yeah, okay, sure. You know, but this is what our Retarded. Canadian, this is what the Canadian government's doing. And they're basing, they're basing this so-called avian flu on the exact same test that they said proved people had the Rona. The PCR yeah. test, which is known, is not a test for one. It is a diagnostic tool to find out if a specific molecule exists. It's not designed to diagnose if someone is infected with something. It's to find out if the molecule exists. And as the inventor of the machine said before he was strangely died, killed, however you want to put it, can't remember his name now. The inventor of the machine, because he 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 mysteriously died like a month or two before the Rona shit came out, and they started yeah. using PCR testing. But he had done an interview saying that this is not a test, a diagnostic tool. It was a test to find molecules of things. And Dial he it said, up, you'll find everything. Dial it down, you won't find anything. In fact, one of his statements was, "It kind of it kind of proves the point, the Buddhist belief." That everything is in everything. Yeah. Because he said you could actually find a molecule of anything in anybody and everything. To say you can find you could find it was the same reason why they're testing fruit and it was found to have the Rona, because they can find that molecule everywhere and prove that that molecule is there. That does not prove it has the disease. It just proves that the molecule exists. So that is a problem. With I that. wonder. If they set it to look for black death molecule, they could yeah. probably find that in everyone. They probably could. They probably can. Every single person who is alive today, their ancestors survived through it. That's right. That's interesting. Yeah. My daughter's been doing a project on black death, so mm. black death is on the brain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> black plague of the 1800s. That's how you know this wasn't the plague because... People weren't dying in the streets, and they weren't stacking bodies on the corner. Yeah, just look at history. That will teach you what a real plague is. What we mm. dealt with right now, it's a bad flu. It was a bad flu. Yes, people were dying, but they weren't stacking bodies like cordwood. And we Honestly, we I don't think this flu is any worse than the flu that hit everyone really badly in 2008. Nope, nope, it's not. All right. Here you go. Here's some top 10 money-saving ways to grow veggies in your garden. <clears throat> Not uh, ways to grow it, but top 10 uh, items to grow in your oh, garden, like herbs. herbs. Pole beans. And, I, grow, I grow pole yeah. beans and regular beans. I'm, I've just started growing pole beans this year. 
Those are the climbing beans. Those are the beans you save, you save. And you have to grow a lot of those beans to save enough beans to make it worthwhile. And be ready to sit down and shuck beans. And shucking oh, yeah. beans, shucking beans and shucking peas kind of sucks. <laughs> well, actually, it's quite nice if you have an audio book or some music going. Because yeah. after, after you get the hang of it, you just kind of zone yeah. out. You just go zone out. Yeah, it does do that. It is. I, I did do that last year. Tomatoes. Tomatoes are a big one, and I oh, yeah. I grow excellent tomatoes. Even last year's miserable crop, <laughs> I still had a bumper crop of tomatoes last year. I'm still yeah. going. I'm still going through the tomato sauce I canned up last year. I haven't even gone through all my can, canned tomato sauce from last year. You are the tomato king. I swear, they just yeah. grow like magic for you. I, I can grow tomatoes. Yes, I, I do really well with them. Zucchini. You know, and of course, we already talked about zucchini, garlic, and I can grow garlic like nobody's business. Yes, you can. I have no problem <laughs> growing garlic. In fact, this year, I will probably have 250 or 300 plants of garlic by the time I'm done. I've got them all over the garden now. Nice. You know, mushrooms. You know what's funny? I actually, I actually may have, I didn't, I didn't harvest it because I wasn't 100% sure, but a morel mushroom. You know what morel mushrooms are, right? Not a clue. I know what white and brown mushrooms are. Oh, this is <laughs> this is a classic culinary design, design mushroom. It was growing in my garden bed. I just kind of left it and was like, well, we'll leave it be. I don't know. I can't identify mushrooms well enough to do it. I did do some research on it. And it, it seemed, and I found another one growing elsewhere, and I slid it open, and it's definitely, it definitely turned out to be a morel. But it's it a looks like a honeycomb. Yes, and that's what it does, but it is a culinary design delight mushroom and they sell for like even when prices weren't ridiculously high they were like 10 bucks a 10 bucks or 12 bucks a pound wow they were a very expensive mushroom they cost more than chanterelles yeah i know so, chanterelles are yeah chanterelles i can identify but they're I very also know what white caps are yeah yes but mushrooms are good <laughs> or corn death, death caps sorry and corn, corn is a tough one. We talked about growing corn, and if you can get it to grow, you got to have a way to process what you don't eat because after a couple of days, you won't want to eat continuous corn, so you will want to process it into something. You'll want to freeze it, and you don't want to freeze it while it's on the cob. That's not a way to freeze it. You you got to you got to shuck it off the cob. Oh yeah. And, and there's a couple of ways to do it. I don't have a corn shucker, so I do it with a knife. Lettuce, leafy greens. And berries. I have berries. I have blackberries and raspberries and blueberries and grapes. And, and uh, they grow with very little encouragement. Yes, they do, especially blackberries. Yeah. And raspberries. <laughs> Make sure you have a stationary place for the blackberries because they mm. will take over your whole garden. Yeah, well, if, 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 if we have, have an EMP that wipes out all the people in the area, within five years, the oasis will be nothing but raspberries and blackberries. <laughs> because I, 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 have, I have found raspberries as far away as 15 feet from the raspberry <laughs> patch. It's oh, like, my goodness. It's like, it's like I, I pluck them up out of the paths. It's like, all right, well, I, I stuff them in a pot and I continue growing them. But I, I, <laughs> I'm finding raspberries everywhere, and the blackberries, they just go crazy, and they keep going crazy. So the entire the entire do. the entire oasis will be nothing but raspberries and blackberries in five years. <laughs> the vines will be climbing up over the house. Yep. All right. 
And here's something for all you moms in the States. Some mom put 4,000 ounces of breast milk up for sale. Wow, that's a lot of fucking pumping. Holy crap. Man. Yep. That, that woman's worse than a cow. <laughs> Actually, little known fact. Uh, women can keep producing milk so long as there is stimulation. So even if your kid grows up into teen years, you can continue producing milk mm. so long as you keep pumping. Why do you think they had, why, what do you think the wet nurses were of the old days? That's what a wet yeah, nurse was. Yeah, but this was. is information that women have lost over the years. Because I yeah. sure as hell didn't know that until I took my yeah. prenatal course. And a lot yeah. of people don't even bother with prenatal courses now. And what's funny is, you know, somehow or another, I, I don't I don't know this, but can't women produce milk again at a later time with the right stimulation? Yes. If you are around a crying baby and you allow the baby to suck, mm-hmm. you will produce milk. Even if you've never had, even if you've never produced milk before, if you've yeah. never been pregnant yeah. You let that infant suck on your breast, and you will start producing milk. Yeah, because they had they they used to have wet nurses. They were a common yeah. they were they were a common thing before the invention of formula. Mm-hmm. You know, if they if they couldn't find a wet nurse, the biggest thing they fed babies was uh, goat's milk because it was more compatible with humans than cow's milk. Goat's uh, milk and honey. Goat's milk and honey, but uh, they would also try to find some other person that had a baby or was willing to be a wet nurse, and they would get that wet nurse to feed the baby. Yep. So. And for a lot of women, they're more than happy to feed a second baby because it'll empty out the boobs. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, that's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. 4,000 ounces of milk. That's a lot of bloody milk. Yeah. And she sell them for one buck an ounce. Um, This is something that I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of. And uh, for moms out there, that's two hundred and fifty. That's, that's two hundred and fifty gallons of milk. Yep. <laughs> that's a lot of milk. <laughs> well, I a buck an ounce. That, that buck an ounce. That, that's not worth. So did. Hmm? Buck an ounce. She makes four, she makes four grand off that. That's not bad money. Yep. I mean, babies only eat about eight ounces at a time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like. It is a good thing to know that you can do this. There are lots of, uh, of milk banks out there. Yeah. And surprisingly enough, it is uh, very possible. Like here in this article, they say it would be impossible for us to have enough milk gathered together in order to replace all <laughs> the formula. But no, no, it's not impossible. There are so many milk banks out there and so many mothers who are more than willing to donate mm-hmm. their, their milk to mm-hmm. other mothers whose babies are hungry. Mm-hmm. There would be enough. Mm-hmm. All it would take is for someone to stand up and go, yo, everyone, let's get the milk together and feed these babies. Oh, yeah. That's all be. it would take. All right. We're going to do a couple other quick tips before we uh, run out of here and take a break. Um, this one here, how to build yourself a food dehydrator. And uh, this is building a dehydrator that's actually powered. Um, I thought it was for building one for the sun, but uh, I'm going to be building a sun dehydrator this summer. I did like the one idea from the picture here, using that pink foam in there as an insulation for it. That's a good idea. So I'm actually going to try that when I build my uh, sun-powered one. But this talks about how to do it, where you can get the uh, heater for it. One of the things they suggest, if if you're kind of mechanically inclined, get yourself an old toaster oven. Take apart the toaster oven and use the elements from the toaster oven to use as your heater inside. 
and brilliant. and sort of min- and and manage the take the toaster oven apart and use the uh, timer or the uh, or the temperature control for the toaster oven to control the temperature inside. That's a good idea. So I thought that was a cool idea. So you could actually do that too. You basically you basically take the toaster oven apart and you make a larger toaster oven is what you're doing. So I thought that was a cool article. Um, you've got five natural treatments for healthy hair. Yeah, this is actually a pretty good article. Um, my hair is pretty long. My kid's hair is pretty long. And a lot of the hair care things that we've tried don't really work. I took a look through this and some of it has actually really been helping. They're weird, like using mayonnaise, which I don't think I'll ever do, but egg shampoo, that's mm. definitely a weird one. We haven't tried that yet. Mm. Uh, weekly a- hair apple treatment cider vinegar. apple cider vinegar. Yeah, yeah ha- haven't tried that yet either. But um, other things like uh, using lemon juice and chamomile tea or white vinegar. Well, white vinegar we haven't tried, but chamomile tea, lemon juice, we tried those. They do help. Oh, good. And it also makes your hair smell a lot better, too. It's, once you rinse it all out, it mm-hmm. leaves a much better smell. Because I, I think what happens is it just leaves your smell. Yep, pretty much. After you rinse it all out. It smells a lot better. Here's another one for you. For those that are looking for cheap cast iron but want to make it pretty and useful, is you can buy those cheap lodge cast iron pans, the really dirt cheap ones that cost a couple of bucks, but they have that really super rough finish on it, which are near impossible to cook on. Grind it you, down. You can't. You, that's exactly what they say here. Grind it down, smooth it down, turn it into a smooth surface, and then go through the process of uh, finishing it. And you will have a beautiful, usable cast iron pan. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool. It was a nice way to deal with the cheap cast iron. Now, I don't have that problem because all my cast iron is older than I am. Mine <laughs> I don't, too. I, I just don't... go to the secondhand shop, buy the rusty ones, and fix them. But that's it. That's what's funny is people forget. People seem to think, oh, it's all rusty. It's no good. And it's like... All it needs is some TLC. And you just give it a little yeah. TLC. And if it's got severe rust, like my brother, my brother bought a a cast iron, which you're not, no, I, I shouldn't even tell you this because you can't inherit it. I got to keep this. <laughs> um, it's a tortilla pan. It's a 12 inch. I have one of those. It's a 12 inch tortilla pan. He bought it and it had so much rust on it. It just looked like it was totally wasted. And he said, "What do I do with it?" I said, "Well, what you do with it is you pour, put it in a in a in a plastic uh, a plastic bin that'll hold it. Pour enough vinegar over it to cover it. Let it soak in vinegar for about three or four days, and the vinegar eats all the rust off. You pull it off, scrub it with a wire brush. All the rust is gone. Then you scrub it with some with some soap and water and get it really nice and clean. Then you oil it and and uh, cure it. Yep. It takes it took it took about a week." With with total actual work time on it, about two hours, and uh, a cast iron pan that's probably worth two hundred bucks because of the fact that it's a rare item to have a really good quality tortilla pan. Is it? Yeah. Well, this is this isn't I didn't like know that. this. This is an old old one. It's about an inch thick, so it holds a lot of heat. Once it gets warm, okay. and it's got two wooden handles on either side 
versus oh, the cool. versus a lot of the tortilla pans, which are not super thin pans, but they're thin pans, got a regular handle like a frying pan. Yeah, mine isn't an inch. It's about it's about maybe just over an eighth of an inch, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have a wooden handle. It's just got a metal handle. Yeah, well, this but has got this has got two wooden handles. It's a very flat one. This has got two wooden handles. This is a tortilla pan. This one looks like it came out of Mexico. The kind of tortilla nice. pans you've seen the Mexican ladies that throw over a fire and they're frying their tortillas on. Nice. So it's a really nice quality one. But yeah, I remember doing it because I had to show him what to do and how to do it. And I've done that with my tools. When I find an old tool somewhere that's super rusty, I did that the other day when I found an old tool. And so I threw it in a bin, poured some vinegar in there, and I left it sit for a week. When I pulled it out, there was damn thing looked like it was brand new. It had eaten, it had eaten all the rust down to the metal itself. I had to actually oil the metal to keep it from rusting again. Yep. Just give it an oil bath after. Vinegar is your friend, man. And if you don't have white vinegar of your own, make your own vinegar. It's not that hard to make vinegar. It's one of the easiest things to make, as I've discovered. I've been making mm-hmm. vinegar now for two years. I make it every year when I collect apples. I make apple cider vinegar, and then I use it through the winter, and then I use it for other things, and then I use it for cleaning and all kinds of things for it. Vinegar is really good. I'm actually good. really excited. You <clears throat> told me that when vinegar gets that ing inside of it. Yeah, um, the mother. It's called a mother? Mm-hmm. My vinegar grew a mother, and for the first time ever, I don't feel the need to throw it out because I think it went bad. <laughs> yes, well, that's the whole problem is we we weren't educated that that it didn't go bad. What happened was the cellulose that was running around inside the vinegar coagulated. And then what you can do with that cellulose is you can use it to kickstart your next vinegar batch. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I actually used the mother from my first year vinegar to uh, kickstart my second year vinegar. And, it were, and, and I had vinegar a whole lot faster. Awesome. All right, I think we need to take a bit of a break. I need to uh, go clear out my squirrel bladder here. Let's see if we have a if we have a chicken show for the uh, for the uh, uh, thing. But probably not. Oh, we do. We have a chicken show. All right, we Excellent. have a chicken. We have a chicken show and uh, some music. So let's see what music do the chickens want to rock out to. Let's go with this one. Got him in Wyoming, Montana's got its best. Seen him here in other places, out here in the West. Roping cows and branding calves, riding buck and brawn. It's real joy to see a real cowboy, or even in the honky tonks. Whoopie tie, old cowboy, riding the range. Whoopie tie, old cowboy. I hope that you don't change Cowboy breed is fading Nearly gone for good Urban nights and drugstores And the ones from Hollywood If they really knew the way it was Surely change their ways, cause there ain't no stopping a real cowboy, but just like the good old days. Whoopie tie, old cowboy, no roof or fame. Whoopie tie, old cowboy. 
made me laugh did you see that are you uh, there nope i missed it oh there were two chickens that were sitting there sitting there talking and you see that little chicken that just shot across the screen yep he came in and he batted it to him and knocked him over like bowling pins <laughs> <laughs> that was funny all right so much for the chicken show all right let's wander on off the chickens and get back to the show <laughs> All right. That was funny. So at least they were entertaining for us this week during the break. Instead of last week where they just sat there doing nothing. Sat there like rocks going, yeah, we don't want to perform. You're not well, paying last us week enough. they were too young. This week they've grown a yes. lot, apparently. Yes, they've grown quite a bit. They've grown quite a bit. All right. <clears throat> Let's go wander into some rabbit holes and talk down some, go hey. see what we have for rabbit holes and... Uh, Hey, we got six people on the show. Welcome to the show, peoples. Come on. Drop Let's a get, line. Say hi. Drop a line. Say hi. Like the video. Please like the video, man. Hit that like button. You know, share it out. Tell other people about us. Subscribe to the channel. You know, give us some give us some uh, library coins. We could do us some library coins. You know, that'd be kind of cool, too. All those, you know, super chats. All that sort of fun stuff. All right. Let's see what we got I here. I something forward to going OTG. I'm not sure if it really fits in here, but mm -hmm. it's about an EMP. Okay. Well, let's uh, do that before we go into the Rona crap then. Um, where's the OTG section? Do we have an Under OTG? the really cool things to bring from Amber. Oh, above to, what to do, shit hits the fan. We need to, we need to, do, we need to do something and create an OTG section. Because there should be an we OTG. We do have an OTG section. Oh. Uh, below oh, there it the is. OTG. big chicken flu scare. Yeah, okay, there it is. Could an EMP <laughs> be Putin's revenge against America? You know, I read this article. I actually, I found this very interesting because yeah. EMP is something that has been on my mind a lot for about four or five years now. Yeah. Uh, ever since I started reading up on actual EMP havoc and the lack of protection that any of our grid has against EMP, as well mm. as the effect that an EMP would have on that said grid. Yeah. It's an interesting thing that would actually be fairly easily fixed if the power that be decide to do anything about it. Mm. But they didn't. And right now, um, it is 
I think that this article has it right that it is kind of a worry that Russia may actually do their EMP because Russia doesn't consider an EMP to be a nuclear attack. They consider it a, a not cyber, cyber, a cyber attack. Well, it is sort of a cyber attack. It's not technically. It's it's created by a nuclear explosion, but it's not a nuclear attack because it doesn't destroy any buildings and it doesn't. Um, it there's doesn't, no nuclear fallout because it's above our atmosphere. Yeah, there's no nuclear fallout. Well, nuclear fallout, anything, a, a nuclear device exploded in the air causes no nuclear, no, no radiation fallout. Really? Uh, yeah, it, radiation fallout is caused by a blast that happens at ground level and blows shit up into the air because the radiation is embedded in all the shit that it blows out of the ground and causes a cloud of dust. And there's is, no nuclear radiation that comes from the nuclear bomb when it blows up just in the sky? No, not not that impacts us. Interesting. I, I've, I've I didn't read, know that. There's been a lot of things I've read and heard and uh, heard about about that. Yeah, an EMP would be devastating to wherever it happens to any civilization in modern world. Oh yeah. That it happens to you know if you if you want to know what happens to an EMP, just go read the books. Um, one one second after, one year later, in the final day, those three books. Of all the EMP books that I've read, those three, those those ones there cover the most amount of detail about what happens. Even this article here says, you know, nine in 10 Americans would die within one year. That's 90% of the population. And that is pretty damn correct. 90% of our population will die in one year. Only, only. There'll be a few holds here and there where people were smart enough not to go crazy and band together and work together to protect themselves from the gang invasions, to protect themselves from everything else, to prepare themselves for the starving winter, to think about their water supply and think about their sanitation, getting basically getting rid of our shit, literally. What happens to our shit? People don't think about that. Understanding our society exists because of our modern sanitation. Without modern sanitation, we're toast, especially and in the Western that, world. Beyond that, we also have to think about the amount of people that are now on medication. Oh, yeah. All the people, all the people that are alive— 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 years beyond their beyond when they would have died if it wasn't for modern medicines. I know at least six people that would be dead in the first in the first 30 days. The other aspect is not just people who are living beyond their natural years thanks to modern medic, um, medication, but mm. the the amount of people that are on antipsychotics. Oh yeah, those ones too. Nobody ever gets more than 30 days worth of their medication. Yeah. What happens when they run out? A mm-hmm. lot of people don't think about pulling themselves off of any kind of medication. They only mm-hmm. think about uh, going to refill their prescription. Mm-hmm. Well, that is an issue. There, yep. There's not going to be any more prescriptions to refill. Yep. Yeah, let me know prescriptions. And all the people all, who are addicted to anything else. All the diabetics will be dead within three months. Yep. Every, every diabetic that depends on insulin will be dead in three months because the supply of insulin is 100% dependent upon our, uh, our just-in-time delivery system. Because, yeah, and you know, our refrigeration. 
and our refrigeration, you know, because and that's the one thing that one one second after a series does is they actually describe, you know, first off, you know, insulin is the biggest one they do because that's part of one of the big characters in the book. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the insulin is made in a lab in central United States, shipped to another lab in Texas where it's packaged up. The packaging, the plastic bags are made in overseas somewhere, shipped to another place overseas to where they're turned into these sterile bags, then shipped to the lab where it's all packaged together. And from the lab, it's shipped everywhere else. And it's like, you know, yeah. it, it, there's so much processing that goes on in far-flung places that depend upon the transportation, which is currently being destroyed. And that's another thing that we, that has been little talked about. I've known a couple of people already that have had troubles getting some of their medications. And uh, so I know I've known that. And there's a and you know with this, our supply lines get worse. There's going to be these. We're going to people are going to find out real quick what it's like. Because that's one thing we haven't really talked about. Nobody's talked about anywhere really, is the fact that our supply lines. Everyone's talking about the food and the baby formula. But nobody's talking about the medication shortage. And there is medication shortages everywhere right now. And I caught a couple medication articles. Medication and painkiller shortages. Yeah. As well as sanitation shortages. Mm. Yep. It's an interesting thing. I was thinking about the other day. It's almost like we're experiencing the fallout, uh, a mild fallout of EMP without any EMP ever happening. Yes. Yes, it is kind of like that at times. But yeah, an EMP is still a big threat. And it is something that could happen. And if it is done over North America, the very worst time it could possibly happen is late winter, early spring is the very worst time it could happen. You know, if it happened About in April, May, April, May, I think that's when the book starts too. is April, May. I can't remember precisely yep. in the book. In April. <clears throat> in April. Yeah. And it, it starts, it starts there just before the crops are put in the ground. And just as the winter stores are getting low for everyone. Wouldn't it also be a really bad time if it were to happen in high summer? Because in high summer, you don't have the ability to plant anything if you haven't already planted something. Therefore, you're screwed even more than mm -hmm. if it happens in early spring. Because in yep. early spring, you still have the opportunity to plant something. Yeah. Possibly have something. Locally, you do. You do have locally. Yeah, high summer would be a really bad one because, you know, you wouldn't everything in your store would be gone in 48 hours. Your local stores will be exactly. cleaned out in 48 hours. And uh, so if you don't have your own stockpiles, you're kind of screwed. And, uh, and also high summer in places like Florida. That's something else I talk about in that book, too, is all the places that rely on central air, central oh, conditioning. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, like the all other, the places that rely on that in order to survive, mm -hmm. all the AC and everything, like, yeah, people are gonna die from heat stroke too because people aren't used to dealing with no AC. Well, yeah, they they die of heat stroke and other things, and then of course the thing they do they do mention in, in particular Florida is the you know, Florida was mostly uninhabited until the late 1950s and 60s when DDT was created. Yeah. And DDT came through and wiped out the mosquitoes, which carries all the airborne uh, carries all those viruses, which are not good for humans. And exactly. then, and then the modern technology we created to drain the swamps and build houses in Florida, because Florida, almost all of Florida, is like five feet above sea level. Yeah. 
you know, Florida has no hills, mountains, or valleys. It's got, it's, it's almost all sea level. Another thing, too, is the lack of forewarning before any kind of tidal wave or anything. Yep. That would also cause a lot of devastation. Yeah, that was another thing they did in the book, too, was they covered, oh, what about the hurricane? It's what hurricane? We didn't have a, oh, you wouldn't know about the hurricane. The hurricane wiped out most of Florida, you know, because exactly. a big, massive hurricane came through. And, of course, there was no help and no one to come help them. There's a lot of things that people don't ever think about that mm -hmm. we rely so heavily on our modern um, modern Technolo communication, modern medicine, modern everything. Our modern technologies. Modern technologies yes. pretty much encompass it all, encompasses it all. It I is couldn't one remember of, the word technology. It, yeah, it's our modern <laughs> technologies encompasses it all, and we are so dependent on that. On that. Some areas will do better than others. It's like here on the island we would do okay because our island our total population of the island is probably just above the carry carrying capacity of the island the problem is is yeah. almost all the people are contained in three cities on the island you yeah know, they're contained in the you know, greater victoria area the greater nanaimo area and then up in the Courtney area, you know, the three made those are the three major population centers of this island. And that's where the vast majority of the populations exist. But yeah. uh, but the total population of this island is kind of close to what the uh, First Nation population was a few hundred years ago, except they were more spread out on the island and they didn't have major city areas. They were more spread out in different areas. You know, fighting amongst themselves for territory on hunting area rights. Honestly, it takes a certain kind of person to want to live on an island. And yeah, we well, do have the capability here on this island to provide for ourselves. We just need to relearn. Yeah, we'd have to relearn. The biggest problem would be transporting all the stuff from where it's uh, grown and produced to the places where people live. But of course, there yeah. are there are horses on the island. The roads would last for a few years until you get some of the rainstorms like we had last year that wiped out a few sections of the road. You know. But we also have things like the galloping goose. Mm -hmm. Which that, doesn't it, really need upkeep. Even you know it does. Even even that yeah even that would it, it's been good for the last ten years but even that there's some sections that could be wiped out with just, with the right if the right storm comes through it could take out some of the bridges. Oh, that's true. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, but yeah I just wanted to bring this forth because mm. I think it's very important that people do consider this, and mm. it is a smart thing to prepare. For yeah. if an EMP happens, because yeah. I honestly feel like at this point it is a thing that will happen. I just don't know when. Yep. Yep, that could someone happen. Someone is going to get trigger happy, and someone is going to do it. Yeah, well, that's the biggest fear is that could happen. All right, let's um, let's talk. Next, onto the next rabbit hole. Well, let's go. I'm looking for see which rabbit hole to go down because we you know we've only got a half hour left. And I want to figure oh, out which. Oh, uh, good night, left nut. Did you see the thing with deep thoughts with Kamala Harris? No. <laughs> it's right below going OTG. Yeah. Okay. Uh, deep thoughts with Kamala Harris. I think she wants us to work together. It's uh, a really entertaining little video. Sure, she does. <laughs> 
you find it? Yeah, you did. Yeah, it's loading. Give it a sec. Loading, loading, loading. All right. Deep thoughts with Kamala Harris. All right. Oh, this ought to be entertaining. That is especially true when it comes to the climate crisis, which is why we will work together and continue to work together to address these issues, to tackle these challenges, and to work together as we continue to work operating from the new norms, rules, and agreements that we will convene to work together on <laughs> to galvanize global action. With that, I thank you all. This is a matter of urgent priority for all of us, and I know we will work on this together. That I is think, I think, I think Camelto Harris wants us to work together. <laughs> I think so. We will work together. <laughs> how, many, how many times can you say we will work together because we're working together because it's working together? How many times can you do that in 30 seconds? Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> go, camel toe, go. All right. Heels up, Harris. Off we go. All righty. What the hell? What? Oh, I don't know. My, my note thing was going crazy for a minute. <clears throat> It loves you. Oh, yeah, sure it does. All right. We've got a couple of Rona things here, just a couple. You know, we gotta got to keep it up. First yeah. off, we've got stats from Canada Health. These are recent oh, stats. These are recent stats. How okay. many backs are sick now? 80% or more. Yeah. Where do the stats go? Vaccinated make up 88.5% of cases, 81% of hospitalizations, and 99.56% of deaths from the COVID in the last week of available data from Health Canada. That doesn't surprise me. No, and here's the data. As of January 15, 2022. And they show you all the stats. So, you know, I watched uh, in person as someone I knew, they were not going to get the vax. They felt like they didn't have enough information and then they got sick and they were told that they had the Rona and they got so worked up and so freaked out. They wound up being horrifically sick, having major panic attacks and they just, they couldn't breathe. And then they got better. And within a week of getting better, they went and they got the vax because yeah. they were so scared of getting sick like that again or worse and dying. Yes, yes, unfortunately. And that was amazing to me. It's like, dude, most of your illness came from your fear and your anxiety over having that particular illness. Like, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. people can't see it, and it, it astounds me. I feel no. bad for them, honestly. I do feel bad for them. There's not much we can do about it. Now, we've got a couple of crazy things. I don't know how we missed this one in the height of the pandemic. These are things that came out during the height of the pandemic. Okay. This, this one here just makes me shake my head out there. The health officials were recommending glory holes for safe sex during the pandemic. Wow. <laughs> let that one sink in for a minute. And guess which health officials were doing it? I don't know. My brain is kind of dead. Just tell me. The, the BC, CDC? the BC 
Center for Disease oh Control in Canada. And well, what that did, explains that they were too stoned to realize what they were saying. And what did they put out? They put this out. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, no. We got to make it big so everyone can see it. <laughs> they even show you the, oh. right, the right and the wrong way to stuff your dick through the glory hole. I love you, BC. You're <laughs> fucked in the head, but I love you. <laughs> and what's even better is they put it out in the Ukraine colors before everyone was supporting Ukraine. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> now, my favorite is the one in the lower left or lower right. <laughs> the board on his chest while she's doing yep. cowgirl style. Yep. That's my favorite. It's like, get yourself a board, dude, put it on your chest, and tell her to mount you cowgirl style. It's like, oh, look, you can munch butt safe through the glory hole, too. Yes, that's, uh, I, I saw that. It's like, it's like, oh, dear God, really? Our government spent money to have oh my God. some graphic designer put this together. It probably took so long for them to put it together, too, because they were so busy laughing. <laughs> they, they probably did take a long time to put it together while laughing too hard through it. So it's like, how did I miss this? How did this not come to my... How did I miss this? This is awesome. <laughs> how did this not come to my attention during the Rona? It's like, <laughs> the insanity of it is like, oh, dear God, really? really? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, so... There, there's a, it, yeah, it's a, it's, it makes me um, want to laugh so hard. I'm crying, I'm starting to cry now. It's just funny. All right. Glory holes. <laughs> glory holes. Glory hole. The BC, glory hole. Not for the faint of heart. Yes. <laughs> there you, that's a good, that's a good slogan. That's a good slogan. Send that out. BC, not for the faint of heart. <laughs> or for the shy. Yep. Shy people, just stay away from us. We'll break you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you brought something from not to be. Yes, this uh, broke my brain a little bit too. Uh, it's it's a recent article um, from Wapo, mm -hmm. and the writer in Wapo, from Wapo, Wapo. Wapo here was talking about how the government has abandoned us, parents of the young children who cannot get their vax yet. What are we going to do? It's like, oh my gosh. It's just one of those articles I couldn't handle reading it all. Mm. Uh, I was able to read most of this. And I had no idea that people were getting uh, celebratory COVID vaccine tattoos. Those are, That's another craziness we missed. I think, I think those are tattoos they're going to seriously regret. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the writer on Not To Be Said, can you think of a more regrettable decision? And I'm including the fiery skull with the snake crawling through the eye sockets inscribed with your now ex-wife's name. Yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this, this whole article is mm -hmm. essentially a lament. Like, mm -hmm. perspective as... Oh, hang on. Go back up for a sec. Mm -hmm. uh, as mask mandates and other protections fall away and the vaccines are delayed... We're wondering what we should be doing to protect our children. Get them outside, play, get them some vitamin D, feed them some vitamins, give them some chicken soup, um, take, them, take away their computer screens. I don't know. Get them off their ass and we, make them be kids. 
Oh, we no, wait parents a of young children who can't be vaccinated feel <clears throat> abandoned at this late stage of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes, really. <laughs> this is this is yeah, how I, this how this is how bad some of the people are out there. I understand. I just had to bring this forward because I, I yeah. read it, and there's another thing that broke my brain too, which I'll bring yeah. up a bit later. Well, well, we can jump to that. Just the this, craziness of the world. That, that's all we have for the Rona. All, our, our next rabbit hole is the. Uh, Deep, dark rabbit uh, hole of the Great Reset. So what do you want? What is it? Uh, it's under amount of stupid in this world for this to happen. Oh, we've got a lot of stupid in the world. I brought several things for that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, which one? Well, Sexual harassment one? Uh, no, actually the one above it. The activist is so okay. anxious about climate change. Oh, okay. Oh, God, I've seen this a couple of times. I yeah. keep forgetting to bring it out. It's not just so, been on Not the Bee, but yeah. The, it's not just on Not the Bee. Uh, this, this is an article by Vice about a Canadian climate activist that is so severely depressed he wants medically assisted suicide. He's already applied once, has been denied. He's applying again. And it just, this broke my brain. Hmm. There's a few things that broke my brain tonight, apparently. Yeah, well, this one here can. It's like... A it's like let him let him commit suicide. He looks a little too old to take out to be taken out of the gene pool. He's already out of the gene pool you for know, the most part. That's actually well. That's not true. Men can create babies up till the day they die. And yes, I know they can, but they don't. They they're not as they're not as accurate as they get older. True, but like one of the things that I thought of was you know this just reminds me of the people who say if you break up with me I'll kill myself. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just looking for attention because if somebody actually wants to commit suicide, they do not tell anybody. No, they just do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's he's his... in the papers. He's in Vice. He's getting all this attention. He's getting all the attention. Maybe he's actually a woman. <laughs> all right. So before we go on to your other one here, here is an amount of stupid. No lessons learned from Jurassic Park films. Dinosaur legs are grown on genetically modified chicken embryos. Oh, did, dear. Did they not learn anything from the Jurassic Park films? Growing dinosaur, <laughs> growing dinosaur parts was not a good idea. There's a reason the dinosaurs went extinct. Yes, there is. And there's a reason why humans should not be around dinosaurs. Dinosaurs win. Yes, they, they do. If we bring the dinosaurs back, they'll be happy for global warming, which is, of course, isn't happening because dinosaurs like global warming. But yeah. it's like you, scientists just I wish they would stop and think just because they can do something doesn't mean they should do it. <laughs> Although I got to say, having the dinosaurs brought back will absolutely wipe out all the stupidity in humankind. Oh, yeah. Only, only the absolute smart <laughs> humans will suck and survive. Oh yeah. Only the smart humans, only the only the best genetically uh, the best genetically equipped humans will survive if the dinosaurs come back into existence. Indeed. Because <laughs> the rest of them will be food for the dinosaurs. <laughs> Very quickly too. Yes. All right. Now another one I've got here is a mother was silenced on her mic. When she was reading to a school board her child's pornographic class assignment. We're not going to watch the video. We'll just read the quote from it. She was trying to read out to them as they silenced her. 
This is the assignment her teenage 15-year-old daughter was assigned. She had to memorize and read out, and she didn't even get through all of it. She only got through, like, first sentence. Oh, my sentence. God. I just read a bunch of it, and I, wow. I don't love you. It's not you. It's just I don't like your dick, or any dick in that case. I cheated, Joe. The woman began quoting from the alleged assignment. That's how far she got before they started out and they accused her of, of using profanity. So I'm not using profanity. This is the assignment my daughter received. You know, how dare you say it's a If I can't read it out here, if it's not good enough for this room, how is it possibly good enough for my daughter's classroom? And then some lady in the audience started trying to defend it. And it's like, what the fuck? This wow. is just insane. This is a kind of insane, insane shit. It's in Clark County, and I don't know where Clark County is in the states. Yeah, it is. Oh, I know it's in the states, but I don't know. I don't know what Clark County it is in. It's Clark County School Board meeting. It doesn't say what state it's in. <clears throat> but I know it's in the U.S. And of course, this is why more and more conservative people are taking over school boards and kicking out these morons, and then fucking coming down on the teachers like a ton of bricks. And getting yep, rid of getting rid of this shit. And why homeschooling is on such a big uprising. Yes, uptick. And, and why it's yeah, why homeschooling is on such a big uptick because the teachers are no longer teaching what they were hired to do, and that was teach their kids reading, writing, arithmetic, and all the other basics of of life. Now they're trying to teach them ways of life, ways of thinking, and and other other stuff, which is not what they're supposed to be there for. They're supposed to teach them. No other things for life but yeah i just thought this is just kind of stupid that's happening in the world we definitely have a lot of stupid going on in the world right now all right and you've got one here this activist is so anxious about climate change that he wants oh no no no, that's one we already checked out it's actually the one we want we want the sexual harassment one sorry yes the sexual harassment one which Wow. A middle school files sexual harassment complaint against three students for refusing to use pronouns for another student. The school district is filing the IX sexual harassment. Title IX. That's that's Title IX. Oh, okay. Title IX. Sorry. But, yeah. uh, Apparently, these three middle school students are being charged with sexual harassment by the school district for not using another student's personal pronouns. When the hell did that become sexual harassment? When the left decided it was sexual harassment. Yeah, and wow. I mean, it was hard enough to get a school district to deal with an actual rape. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are they doing going, oh, well, you didn't use this person's pronouns? Uh, that's sexual harassment. They're what making the They're making Title IX meaningless is what they're doing. Title IX was to help deal with those issues, and now they're making it meaningless. It really, this is a hot button for me. Yeah. It pisses me off. It's so frustrating, so angering. I want to take a torch to every single thing. I also have another one that kind of breaks the brain. I put it under the Great Reset, Build Back Better. Yeah. Um, The reason why I put it under the Great Reset is because this seems to be a reset in capability of accepting the differences in your children and your family. Which one is it? Uh, The very first one under the Great Reset. Uh, 
I, I titled it, What the Fuck? Since when is your teenager disagreeing with your politics and thinking of themselves a bad thing? Yeah. So high school, grows, high school girl goes to pro-life rally with Christian boyfriend behind leftist mom's back. So mom complains to advice columnist who suggests some rather extreme measures. Hmm. Like the mom said, I grounded her and, you know, she's not allowed to go out, all that stuff. Normal hmm. things. The colonist says some politics are to be challenged at every turn. And there are even those that should result in one being cut <coughs> off in adulthood, of course. <coughs> Inundate her with pro-choice content. Require her to read articles and books that explain why it is important for women to have control of their bodies. Don't let her go to any conservative events or any other environment where she's likely to face some attempts at indoctrination, especially without telling you. Mm. And you may want to limit the amount of time uh, your daughter spends around her boyfriend's family, mm -hmm. constantly challenging or constantly challenge their politics without attacking them as people. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's like, yeah, that's that's a guaranteed that's a think, that's a guaranteed way to make your teenager embrace it even more. <laughs> it absolutely is, but at the same time, it makes me think of like Stalin. Yes, the way that the, the way that everything is just forced down everyone's throat, and if this doesn't work alone, I can't help but wonder what is the next step going to be. Is it going to be? break their spirits that they'll follow your orders yes that's and what it is another question is wh who's going to be doing the spirit breaking and how are they going to do it because so far they're working really hard to break people's spirit but they haven't managed yet so far they've really just managed to piss everyone off yeah well the so brown shirts what is then. their next step going to be they need more brown shirts and how are they going to you know, do, you, do that do, like, do you know the history exact do you, repeat of history do you know the history do what the brown shirts are the brown shirts were the ones that came first. They're the ones who beat everyone into submission, and yeah. they were destroyed. And that's how no uh, the brown the brown the, became a hero because he well, destroyed the, the brown shirts. Well, yeah, but the brown shirts were created by Hitler. But it, mm -hmm. that's what they have to do. They have to bring in brown shirts. You know, they won't call them brown shirts, but that's what they'll be. That, that's the yeah. term that's gone down in history is as when a group of thugs comes in to beat you into submission. But they have to do that. They have to bring in the brown shirts and. And then a Hitler will arise to suddenly protect everyone and then under that protection create even more grief. You know. Maybe maybe that's part of the reason why they're destroying our ability to uh to continue our last minute delivery system or, or just on time delivery system. That's exactly maybe part of it. Well part of that's part of the reason, but the biggest reason why they're destroying our at just in time delivery system is the just in time delivery system was gonna fail anyway. It was going to fail anyway just because of the Grand Solar Minimum. The Grand Solar Minimum was going to cause a failure of True. the is going to cause a was going to cause a failure of the just-in-time delivery system because nobody is paying attention, but soon as we get to this fall's harvest, they won't be able to hide it anymore. They've been, they've, been, they've been hiding it for two years. The knowledge has been implanted to many people this spring about how many crops didn't get planted, how much is not being harvested. Now with the fuel shortages, how much won't, they're going to blame it on. They're going to blame it on, oh, we couldn't plant because we didn't have fertilizer. We didn't have fuel to power the tractors. We didn't have this. They're not going to blame it on the weather because right now, if you know any gardeners such as myself, talk to them about what they've been able to plant and we're almost at the end of May. 
I should have had way more crops in the ground and sprouting and growing right now than I've been able to, but it's been such a cold, damp, record-setting cold spring Mm -hmm. that nothing is growing. I put stuff in the ground, the seed just rots because it just, I can't keep it dry enough. That's why I have to build hoop houses. I should have built those, but I needed a chicken coop first. It was a matter of priorities. Yeah. But you have to you have to prepare for dealing with it. It's like if you go watch um, um, the not the Ice Age farmer, um, the Urban Farmer. Um, he's still got a lot of his videos are on YouTube. Before before they almost tossed him off YouTube, and he got smart and realized I can't. I got to keep all my old videos on YouTube because they're very educational and they're good. So he took all his. As he became more politically active, he moved to Odyssey and Bitshoot. And moved all that stuff to Odyssey and Bitchute. But he put out videos talking about how our problems aren't going to be just the climate change. It's going to be we're going to have so much rain that everything will drown. Yeah, and, and that ha- is a problem that is coming on. <clears throat> and that's our problem that's coming on. You hear about the they talk they only talk about the areas that are suffering drought, but. That's not everywhere, and that's only a small areas. A lot of the major crop growing areas are suffering record colds and record rains, preventing the crops from getting into the ground. And you got to deal with the crops we need to survive our society as wheat, corn, barley, um, all of the rice, lentils, all of the other stuff, all of those crops there. The um, not spelt. Um, I can't. I can never remember the name for the grains that are include uh, canola, canola seed, and and um, not rapeseed, but um, soy, soy, sure. soybean. All of those crops there. Soybean, peas, all of those things there. Um, we need those crops because those are our main food stocks, and not just for humans, but they're the food stocks we feed to the animals. The the beef, the cattle, um, the cows, the chickens, the pigs, those are the crops we feed them to fatten them up to provide us with the proteins we need. So it's, it's, a, it's a system that people don't realize was delicately balanced. And somebody decided to toss a 10-pound weight on one side. And it just fucked the balance right up. Uh, something that people can do is if they don't think that we're having more rain than usual or whatever, they can go just on to Farmer's Almanac and they can check out the chart for this year's weather and the last like 20 years worth of weather and you can look and see as it has progressed over the last few years. We've had a a few really dry summers but Mm -hmm. this year we're having a really wet summer. Well, one of the interesting things, the Ice Age Farmer, he does some beautiful charts. Uh, or was it Adapt 2030? Maybe it was Adapt 2030. Adapt 2030. One of the charts he showed, it was about a year ago he showed these charts, um, that during the last grand solar minimum, there were a couple of years where crops were good, had good growing seasons, but then it went right back mm-hmm. to the piss poor for several years in a row, and then maybe one good year, and then piss poor for several years in a row. But that one year didn't make up for the piss poor years. All it no, did, it all it, does. all it did, was help give you a little bit more time, and that's the sort of thing we're facing right now. The difference is, is now we have more modern technology that could carry us. Our modern technology could carry us through this grand solar minimum with minimal problems. We could have minimal. 
We could have minimal problems throughout the grand solar minimum. The problem is, is for some reason, our governments, our elites have decided, nah, let's use it as an excuse to fuck the planet up. I still haven't figured out what the hell they get out of it. Nobody knows. I've talked to a couple of different people about what the hell is their end game. That's, I've, I've talked to, I got one fellow I talk to regularly, <clears throat> and even today I was talking to him. And uh, he's like, you know, the biggest question I've got is what the hell is their end game? What do they get out of this in the end? It's like, the only thing I can I think know. of is that they get to call the herd. Well, that's, that's the, they get to call the herd, or they get to see the. He one of the things he said. Have you ever seen the movie Trading Places? Eddie Eddie what Murphy. Was that? I didn't I didn't hear that. <clears throat> the movie Trading Places. Yes, I have seen that a long the, time ago. The one with Eddie Murphy and uh, and Mortimer and uh, what it, what it, they make a one dollar bet to that they can destroy the life of this rich white millionaire and take a black dude from the street and turn him into a rich black millionaire on the yep. stock market. Yeah. He said, he said, sometimes he thinks that's what they do is they, they make a $1 bet with each other to see, see who they could fuck up. One guy says, I that bet you can. one guy, one guy goes, I bet you can't do that. Cause I bet I can. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, well, that makes, that makes as much sense as anything else to any other reasons going on. So it, it yeah. is kind of interesting. It's really quite fascinating what, what's going on here. All right, let's close this out with one last item here. And this is from the infamous Universe 25 experiment that turned into a mouse apocalypse or a rat apocalypse because it was also done with rats. This, this, this experiment has been done a few times and it's always ended the same way. That's the multi-story level one I was mentioning. Yeah. So this is the experiment. This is the first one. And they talk about the human population growing to increase to the point of where first they talk about our human population has been growing exponentially. You know, about 150 years ago, we only had about a billion people on the planet. Now we're almost at 8 billion people. And as it was growing, they kept saying, we'll never have enough food to feed everyone. Well, sure enough, we advanced in technology. We advanced in the ability to grow food. So we're able to feed everyone. You know, granted, we, we grow enough food right now on this planet to feed 10 billion people, or we did up until this year. The problem was is it didn't get to everywhere it was needed to go because of cost, who was making money on it, et cetera, et cetera, whatever reasons. The, the food didn't get where it was supposed to. I mean, the amount of food thrown out by Canada and the United States every year is ex exponential. It's depressing. Yeah, it was just depressing. Stuff that just wasted. But... They say that wouldn't happen, but of course we kept we kept producing more food. So that wasn't going to be our problem. We weren't going to run out of food to feed the population. Space-wise, well, we really we filled up a lot of the space, but we haven't filled up all the space yet. But one of the things they did with this is they watched the rats and what happened and they go on to describe the the mice in this. We'll call them rats. Not much difference. Um the rats in the, the simulation, at first, what they did was they created an environment that was perfect for these rats. Okay, This environment was 100% free of predators. The starting rats they started with, or the starting mice they started with, were genetically perfect rat, or mice. 
you know, they were healthy, had no diseases, no predisposition diseases. They got them from a genetic lab that develops rats for experiments, rats and mice for experiments. So, so they started with a perfect environment. There was gonna, there's, there's enough room in there. How many, how many were allowed in here? Six hundred. Uh, let's see here. Pot, okay, no. What was the pot, max population? What was it? No predators, present utopia sort of reason. Can't remember the population in here. It was. When the population hit 620, you yeah. went. No, 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 that's when the population hit. They actually mentioned. Oh, population peaked okay. at 2200. It had a 3000 mouse capacity. Okay, so it never hit the max capacity for the area. Okay, so it had a, pop, uh, it had a max of 3,000. It peaked at 2,200. Okay, now what they found was they were providing everything, all the food they could eat, all the water they could eat, constantly fed. Now, initially, it was going really well. When it hit 650, it started to, it, 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 it slowed to doubling. Initially, it doubled about every 55 days until it hit 620. Then the doubling slowed to about 145 days. And it began to hit problems. The mice split off into groups. Those that could not find a role in the groups found themselves with nowhere to go. Hmm. Okay. In normal ecological settings, the young survived to maturity and necessary to replace their dying um, adults. Well, the problem we're having right now is the adults aren't dying. Okay. They had no social niches to emigrate to. The excess, they couldn't immigrate anywhere, and they found themselves with no social role to fill. There are only so many head mouse roles. The, the utopia was no need of a ratatouille-esque chef. They became isolated. The males who failed withdrew physically and psychologically. They became very inactive and aggregated in large pods near the center of the floor. They no longer initiated interaction with their established associates, nor did their behavior elicit any attack to territorial males. They became characterized by many, many wounds, wounds, such as attacks by other withdrawn males. So the males were attacking each other because they had nothing. They, couldn't, they didn't have any females. They attacked others. The breakdown was, wasn't limited to the outsiders. The alpha male mice became extremely aggressive, attacking others with no motivation or gain for themselves. Just attacking them. They regularly raped both male and females. You know, um, in despite perhaps because of their every need was being catered for. Mothers would abandon their young or merely just forget about them because every need was being catered for. They just like, eh, fuck the young. Or they just forget about them, leaving them to fend for themselves. The mother mice also became aggressive towards trespassers, with males that would normally fill this role banished to other parts. This aggression spilled over, and the mothers would regularly kill their young. Infant mortality in some territories reached 90%. The last 1,000 animal bo animals born never learned to develop social behaviors. They, hmm. never, they never learned to be aggressive, which is necessary. They never learned to court. There was no mating. Being no mating, there were no more kids. This was all during the first phase of the downfall. And it continued. The second death 
Whatever the young mice survived the attacks of their mothers would grow up around those unusual mouse behaviors. They never learned usual mice behaviors. They showed little, no interest in mating, preferred to eat and preen themselves. These are the females. They, eat, they ate and preened themselves alone. They became the beautiful ones because all they wanted was attention, just you know, eat and preen. You know, it just kept collapsing and collapsing and collapsing. Now, they don't talk about it, but they mention it in here. And what caught my attention in this was what seemed to cause the problem more than anything else was not the overpopulation, which I always thought it was from this experiment. It was the fact that everything in the society was given to them without any need to strive, without any need to do something. They had no role to fill in their life. They had no hope. They had nothing. Led to a moral decay led to a, a complete, absolute moral decay of society. Does that remind you of any societies you know right now in yeah. human world? The entire Western society. exactly what's happening. The entire Western, it reminds me of the entire Western society right now where everything is catered oh, yeah. to. Oh, you, you don't have any money. You can't, you're not making a living. Well, here's some money for you. Go away. Uh, you know, and you find a lot of this same sort of behavior because you can't. Uh, people go, you can't compare humans to rats and mice. Well, yes, you can, because humans are just animals. Yep. And we have the same basic instinct instincts as every other animal out there. We just happen to have a cognitive function when it works that carries us above and beyond the other animals. We have a cognitive function, and we have a. Uh, an opposable thumb. That is the only reason we are who we are, is our cognitive ability and our opposable thumbs. Mostly our opposable thumbs, I think. No, the cognitive ability too. Because our cognitive. I don't know. My cat looks pretty cognitive, and my cat is is always trying to chew off my thumb. So I think yeah. he's jealous. No, oh, it could be. But it's to me, it's more of the fact that our societies cater to everybody and give them everything they need, so they don't have to strive or work to get what they need. And the normal roles, and you can see it, the normal roles that were being being handed down to male and females, as little as 50 years ago, are no longer being handed down to male and females as much. There's still some that do mm. it. And, you know, trying to make sure that males understand what their role is in society and females understand what their role is in society. They've canceled all those roles. And... People get to the point where they don't know what to do anymore, and that maybe that's why we're suddenly having this influx of people like, I'm no longer a female. I want to be a male. I'm no longer a male. I want to be a female. Because they don't, they don't know what their role is in the world because they were never educated what their role is supposed to be in the world, in society. And society needs these roles. Without these roles, society will collapse. I think the experiment here... Um, as they say, the population peaked at 2,200, short of the 3,000 capacity. From there, came to decline. The mice weren't interested in breeding, retired to the upper decks, while the others formed into violent gangs below. That sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. Which would regularly attack and cannibalize other groups as well as their own. The low birth rate, high infant mortality combined with violence. Soon, the entire colony was extinct. And during the entire thing, their food remained ample, their every need completely met. There's humans in a in, nutshell. I didn't bring it to the show today, but 
I saw an article about a 20-year-old mother who ran over her eight-week-old baby. Yeah, well, there was a... She threw the baby down into the road and ran over it with her car three times before she was stopped and arrested. And when I was reading the information about it, it's like she had family members speaking up and saying, well, this she can't be considered responsible for this because there's something mentally wrong. And she's actually a very good mother. She just, mm-hmm. And all I could think was, dude, she ran over her child with a car. I yes. don't think that means she's a good mother. No, there was another article about a woman who stabbed her kid to death recently, too. Her baby. It's such a foreign aspect to me, but I, it I know, matches but with this. It matches with this. It matches, and another it matches thing, with this. Uh, I had a thought, now it's gone. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> we have TikToks, by the way. Oh, do we? Well, let's go catch a couple TikToks and leave us on a light note after that heavy, deep, dark, deep, dark rabbit hole dive. Yeah. It is definitely time to wrap it up. We lost a couple viewers during that, too. Yeah, well, they probably got bored. Yeah. Ambrosia from 1951. Oh, God, him again? Oh, come on, you love this guy. Uh Uh-huh, no, not so much. I find him weird. Ambrosia from 1951. So mid-century America has produced many suspect salads, many of which continue to leak out of the angsty states of Wisconsin and Minnesota. However, Ambrosia is arguably the one that started them all, the pioneer, if you will, and today we're going to see if that's a good thing. Start by draining a pound and a half of mandarin oranges, pound of maraschino cherries, and 20 ounces of pineapple. Time for a cup and a third of cream whipped. Keep in mind, this is a salad. Yes. I like the whipped cream by hand. It's a lot more intimate. Now in goes a half cup of sour cream and a half cup of coconut. Chop the cherries and a cup of walnuts. Sure. Walnuts aren't my favorite, but I've been known to never turn down a nut. Mm. In goes the cherries, pineapple mix. Just like me, the mandarin oranges are a delicate fruit, so they go in last. You know, this actually looks pretty good. To the fridge. Once you're ready to serve, you fold in two cups of marshmallows. To the salad. This has to be the most 50s thing ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? I like this one. It's quite pleasant. I'm broke. Yeah, well, <laughs> if you like super sweet fruit salad. I can't handle that much sugar, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. If you're a guy, 2022 is going to get even crazier. Okay, let's see what we got. If you're a guy, then 2022 is about to get so much crazier. So seriously, send this to any guy you know, because it's either going to blow their minds or make them go, ah! Very soon, biological males might be able to get pregnant and give birth. Surgeon from India plans on transplanting a womb into a trans woman, allowing the patient to get pregnant. And it is said if this procedure is successful, it could pave the way for biological men to get pregnant. This complex and quite risky operation involves taking the reproductive organs of a deceased donor, or the reproductive organs of another patient who transitioned from a female to a male, and then transplanting them into the transgender patients. Now this is not actually the first time this procedure has taken place. However, the previous patient unfortunately passed away only a couple months later due to complications. So I'm curious, what do you all think about this? Let me know in the comments and send this to literally any guy you know. Oh dear God. Yep. Yeah, I, I did catch the article about the uh, womb <laughs> transplant, and I thought, oh fuck, human race is truly screwed. We really are. Um, okay. An entertaining version of a song. Yep. Okay. Do I want to know the song? 
No, I don't think it's a well-known song. Or it might be for the kids' age. Hear your heart beat to the beat of the drums. Oh, my heart Yes, that is a song I know. It's actually from the 70s or 80s. I just can't remember what it is. <laughs> I, I know that tune. Nice work on it. All right. Phyllis Scheit. Phil F. Scheit. Phil of Professional Scheit. politician. Yes, yes. so we, we, we stretch out the name so he's full of shit. Yep. Yes. <laughs> See, folks, it's all about unity and come together. Except for the other side. Those folks are trying to destroy our country. Phil Lefshite, professional politician. There is no candidate who cares about the working class of this nation the way that I do. You think these sleeves roll themselves up? Phil Lefshite, professional politician. At the end of the day, it's all about drive and it's about power. And I've said it before, if we stay hungry as a nation, I guarantee that we will devour. Haven't I heard that before? Phil F. Scheidt, follow for more political BS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about right. I think the last one is my favorite. All right, Satan's take on mental health. <laughs> okay, dokie. And now it's time for Satan's take on mental health. Suicide is never an option. You must outlive your enemies. That was Satan's take on mental health. <laughs> and now it's my favorite. <laughs> Alrighty. We'll call it a night at that. We're not too far over. That's the end of it. Let's have some music to carry us out. These are the days of thunder We're gonna make time stand still A quarter after midnight And I'm watching the wall Sometimes I feel so uptight I just can't sleep at all <laughs> Every day doing the same old thing, we're losing time. The weekend comes, we gotta have some fun and rewind. These are the days of thunder. We're gonna make time stand still. We gotta feel the hunger. Hanging over the edge just to taste a Choking off our air 
And there we go. The chickens all got on the screen for us. <laughs> They're only active. They're definitely moving into teen years. Yes, <laughs> they're becoming teenagers. <laughs> all righty. That's all we got for you, folks. Take care now. Bye-bye. Take care. Adios, mofo.